Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. BWI Daily Edition taking a look at the Penn State roster. Heading out of spring practice into the summer. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Dave Eckert ranked everything going in, and we're going to get his updated rankings on the way out. So, Dave, are you ready to hot take throughout this show? Yeah, it's going to be great. You know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm no hot take artist, but I'm going to pretend for today. So. Uh, at the very most, uh, or at the very least, everyone loves a good power ranking. So that's what we're yeah, doing, yeah. Uh, you know, nine to one. And just so for clarity and easy, you know, ease of, of ranking, offensive line is one unit, defensive line is one unit. There's no uh, defensive end, defensive tackle, interior uh, tackle. There's none of that. It's just O-line, D-line, and we'll get through all of that today. Most important thing you want to do, though, is you want to subscribe to Blue White Illustrated so you don't miss this stuff at the website. $1 gets you 12 months of access. It is an awesome deal because we pump out all kinds of content. The, pri uh, the premium de Lion's Den message form, the premium message board. I've done this a thousand times. Uh, the Lion's Den premium message forum is your place to get inside information to get the scoop on what's coming up what to watch out for and some names to know either in recruiting in nil everything is crazy and changing all the time so get up-to-date information from our insiders at blue white illustrate including uh this guy because he's got some basketball information whenever that drops also subscribe to our youtube channel always helpful anything you want to say dave Anything you want them to subscribe to? I want them to subscribe to my way of thinking so that the comments aren't mean to me. That's what I want, deep right? But you're perfect. That was that was absolutely perfect. Um, the last thing is, and I always do this, and I, I just want to say to our audio uh, audience, to the people listening on podcasts, I do love you the same. I love you the exact same. I just always forget to say it, and it is no reflection on you whatsoever. So if you're listening on a podcast and you're not subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are getting close to 10,000 subscribers on our podcast, which is pretty exceptional. I'm, excited. I'm very excited about that. So let's get into it. We watched the blue-white game. We watched spring practice, and these are Dave's rankings coming out of that affair. Not a lot has changed, and we'll start at number nine on the list of power ranking Penn State positions for 2022. Heading into the summer, number nine, the offensive line. Dave, no movement, no improvement. What's going on here? No, I mean, you just got to see it from them, right? Like, you know, they could have, you could have, and, and to be honest, we did hear a lot of positive things about the offensive line outside of the injury issues that they clearly had, which led to the changed blue-white game format. But for them, like, I've, I've just got to see it. Like, if I did this in August, like, they'll be number nine until I see them have a good performance um, in, in a game that matters. Uh, so, you know, I mean, were there some positive things? Yes, Olufashanu, who's on that graphic there. 
um, was the offensive player of the spring for Penn State. That's great news. Penn State needs him. Um, but I just I, I need that unit to prove to me that it be that it can be cohesive, that it can be uh, physically dominant, that it can help Penn State run the football. And I don't I don't feel that way, and I won't feel that way until until I see it. Yeah, that's a fair point, and uh, it's coming out of spring practice, and there's still some movement there uh, in the transfer portal because I think officially now, May 4th, or in the next couple of days, Hunter Norzad is going to be officially on the Penn State football roster. So one of the conversations we had after spring ball was you were very unimpressed with the interior of the offensive line, and that is fair to say. It's also fair to say that Landon Tangwall missed a lot of time, Salim Wormley coming back from an injury, and Hunter Norzad was not on the roster. So the guys we were watching were definitely not the guys that are going to be counted on to start, at the very least, and maybe play next fall. A guy I came away with thinking, you know, kind of clarifying and codifying for myself was I was open to the idea of J.B. Nelson having a role this fall. I'm putting a huge pump the brakes on that one. Um, I, you know, I think he's got some time to develop. I even thought, like, transitioning his body over, he, he looked a lot smaller than Landon Tangwall, watching him line up next to him, which also just goes to show how massive Landon Tangwall is. But that inter- the point is that interior of the offensive line needs to be sorted out before we can move them up any higher. So you need to see it. Is it anything before the first game where you're going to change your mind about where they rank in Penn State's pecking order? No. They will, if I do this, like I said, if I do this in August, they will be number nine. Unless <laughs> every single uh, you know, quarterback transfers out and they're starting to walk on. Um, you know, but, but it's just, it's again, right? Like words, when you've struggled as Penn State has at that position, for this amount of time, words only carry so much weight. And that's what we get, right? Yeah. That's what we get before we get to see it. We get words. So, um, yeah, I need, uh, I need to see them. I need to see them perform on a, on a fall Saturday. Now, uh, I'm going to counterweight this a little bit and say that uh, what I thought coming into spring and kind of my assessment of the offensive line, given the talent that they have, was kind of what I saw of the highs are going to be higher but there's going to be mental mistakes because of the youth and some new guys coming into the program. Um, Caden Wallace looked like a different football player. That is a hugely, vastly critical thing for Penn State football is that he performs up to the expectation of a guy in his second year at the position. I think that's a really good position for Penn State to be in, that he finally looks like a tackle and moves like a tackle. And Olufashano, as you pointed out, very good. So your bookends are good. I think we can expect something from Landon Tangwall. He's going to be a good football player, although maybe he didn't come out of the spring with the same shine. But that's still, you know, you've got three-fifths of the offensive line right there. Juice Scruggs also was uh, a standout in the spring. So a little more encouragement, but I agree about where you put them because of the history and because of where we are in the, you know, in, in the calendar. Next up on the list, no love at number eight here. For another beleaguered, is beleaguered a word? Uh, group, is. the linebackers coming in at number eight. So, Dave, what's your thought process here? I just think there are an excess of question marks here, right? Um, you look at the Sam spot, that's Jonathan Sutherland. That's a new position for him. 
Um, at middle linebacker, you have two guys who have not uh, competing, who have not played over 100 snaps at the college level yet in uh, in Tyler Elsden and Kobe King. And then even, you know, we, we know Curtis Jacobs is an excellent football player, but he's playing a new spot. He's, he's going to be playing the will. So there's just a lot going on here um, and not a lot that we know for sure. Um, I think when I wrote this, I kind of said, you know, this could be a position group that that is higher come come you know midseason the ne- next year just because i feel like there is some upside here yeah but i also think there's a pretty low floor just considering everything that's happening that that kind of a boomer bust position of things mm-hmm. could work out really well or things could be disastrous uh I, I think that's a fair that's a fair point to make uh just some observations from the blue white game Jonathan Sutherland had some issues tackling. I don't think he was bad in the box. Like uh, People wanted to tell me that he was getting run over by offensive linemen. I didn't see that. What I saw was a guy that struggled to wrap up and secure the running back. Now, the running back was a tree trunk with uh, rage in Kevon Lee a couple of times. <laughs> but you're, you're hoping that guy is a little more physical. And I think that's going to be his job is to... If he can put on, you know, Jonathan Sutherland, when I talked to him, said, yeah, I'm where I want to be. But if maybe if you put on uh, three or four more pounds of muscle, wouldn't hurt. Um, Kobe King looked good. You know, we didn't see Tyler Elsden yeah. in the uh, in the game or in any parts of the scrimmage, really. But uh, Kobe King looks the part. Uh, you know, I think some of the mental things, he's still progressing, but in a good way. Um, and then some other things that kind of filled out the details is... Right now, they don't have a backup Sam. Their backup Sam, that's why Dominic DeLuca got so much run in the blue-white game, because uh, Jamari Budden is the other Will linebacker. So that situation has to, you know, do they get somebody else in the portal? This is a unit that, you know, as you pointed out, high ceiling, but it is a very paper-thin sort of situation where if any of those guys get injured, I don't know who's coming on the field, really. Yeah, it's tough. Um so that's, that is kind of why I put them where I put them. Um, and, and, and I'm going to be saying that a lot about some of these guys that are, that are, that are lower down on the list because, you know, I, at this time of year, I'm sometimes guilty of having um, uncertainty outweigh excitement, um, right. you know, when, when not an optimist is what about. you're saying. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I think I think that's what's happening uh, to a degree here. But yeah, it, it definitely applies to a lot of different positions. Where are we going next in our order here? Uh, and I think Penn State fans might know where, but where are we going? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, quarterback, T. Frank. We are going to quarterback. Um, yeah. So basically thought process here is, you know, it's it's it, it wasn't good last year. Um, especially in the latter part of the year, we know Sean Clifford was hurt, uh, post Iowa. Um, but again, kind of like the offensive line, you just got to see it right. 2020 wasn't very good either. So you've, you've just got to see it for these guys. Um, you know, what we saw in the spring game from Drew Alar and Bo Prebula, I don't, you know, I mean, we kind of thought this beforehand, but they don't look like guys that are going to impact, um, the starting position here um, this season. And then, you know, you have a solid backup in Christian value, right? That helps. Um, you feel better about that aspect of it than you did last year where the number two guy was a big question mark. And we kind of saw that come back to bite them against Iowa. 
Um, but for me, I just, I, there's not a whole lot of confidence here. That's, I guess, just plain and simple. Yeah. So let's review here quickly. We got nine offensive line, eight linebackers, seven quarterback. I would push back a little bit that, you know, my optimism about the offensive line might push them a little bit higher for me. And you, I think, pointed out very clearly that nothing has changed at the quarterback position. And that was kind of what I took away from Sean Clifford. Looks the same. Christian Veyu, it, it was confirmed, is not a guy who's going to be pushing Sean Clifford for starting reps, equal playing time, you know, opening up quarterback competition. It's pretty clear the one, two, and then the three, four are young players at a distance. Um, although right. not as bad as it seemed. Like I just, you know, go back to our BWI daily last week about the quarterbacks and, and some of the things that happened to some of them. We, we got into some of that. Um, I would put the quarterbacks at eight and I'd flip the offensive line up here because I do think that there's more upward momentum. I understand the skepticism. I understand the problems and, and they were not great in the, uh, in the blue white game. They still were allowing people into the backfield <laughs> whiffing on blocks, but some of those guys were not guys you're expecting to play. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Do you want to move on? Do you want to, do you have, or do you have anything else to say about the quarterbacks here? No, I think we covered it too, Frank. Let's go to number six. Coming in at number six, tell me where we're going here with the power ranking of Penn State positions. We are going to running back, T. Frank. Um, yeah, little so a little low, yeah. little high. Maybe. Um, you know, basically, I kind of had them paired up with quarterback in my head, right? Positions where. Uh, that that Penn State didn't get as much as it needed from last season. But the difference here, I think, is is pretty obvious, and it's that you have two freshmen, um, Nick Nick Singleton in particular, that you feel like can impact this position right away, um, whereas I don't think you have that at quarterback. So that's why I put them at six and quarterback at seven. Um, you know, you don't have a proven contributor here. Uh, Kevon Lee, um, you know, he was he was okay. He wasn't spectacular. Uh, he didn't. He he didn't look particularly spectacular in the spring game. Um, not that they were really using that to draw conclusions, but still. Um, and then you, you you know you have two freshmen who are kind of the wild card. So again, there's some upside here because you know if Nick Singleton is awesome, then all of a sudden this group is way higher. <laughs> obviously, so, um, and I'm let's... kind of accounting for that. But yeah. So let's review offensive line. Uh, not going to believe it till we see it, but I think that's a, that, that's a high upside, maybe boomer bust linebacker, right. boomer bust position quarterback steady, but it's seventh. So that's not great. And then running back is high upside, uh, yeah. medium to low floor. So we're off to a banging start and we're four into well, it's this. The bottom of the rankings, Steve, Frank. It's but the no, we're not rankings. in the bottom of the rankings. There's only nine of them and we're at six. It's the bottom half. <laughs> it's the bottom half, T Frank. Oh, uh, okay. So, but, so no, I, I think it's a fair, I think it's a fair point when people talk about this team next fall, it's like, you could see 10 and two, or you could see seven and six again. Like you could see all, like a wide delta of opportunities for this team. Um, but again, I'll just, I'm going to ask you again here, when you look at the upside and you look at the optimism, you're, you're leaning towards unknown and not towards the, the side of predicting the breakout, right? Right. I'll, I'll let you do, do that, T. Frank. You okay. are the film, the film guy. But 
that's just kind of how I tend to look at things. I'm firmly glass half empty, but <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, um, look again, it, it's not as if Penn state lost like uh, a huge contributor here, right? We know Noah Kane was valuable, but Noah Kane was not a guy who was a difference maker. Yeah. Um, they're, they're returning their primary running back. He just wasn't, you know, a, a real difference maker last year. So it's, they, they need the freshmen to be difference makers. If this group is going to be an asset for them, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, and to just to point out here, we are now at May 4th and uh, we're recording in the morning. So that we've passed the date where you can enter your name into the transfer portal and right. play immediately next fall. So unless there's delayed paperwork out there that got in before the deadline, but is still being processed, all the running backs are still on the roster. Nobody transferred mm-hmm. out. Uh, and that room is stacked with talent at the very least. So we'll see how that all plays out, what happens next fall. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Moving on. Uh, we are now in between the halfway point because you, you had nine positions instead of 10. So we'll go on to D line. We are officially in the upper half of the rankings and I accidentally just gave it away there. What's our next position here, Dave? It's D line T Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. Tell me why. Um, yeah, I think this is kind of the perfect middle ground because I think Penn state has some, uh, returning or really one really important returning contributor, and that's PJ Mustafer, who we know is a huge asset. Obviously, he's got he's got to work back from his injury, but assuming that that goes well, he's a difference maker, right? And then aside from him, again, question marks. So um, you, you love what Adisa Isaac can do. Again, a guy coming off a season-long injury. You got to see it from him. Um, you know... Aside from that, I think I think it's fair to have fair to have some questions. So, for me, um, that's kind of why I put them here in this middle ground. I like what they're returning, but I also think that they have some holes to fill. Volume, I'd say, at this position, there is yeah. a volume of contributors, especially defensive tackle, where you don't feel like there's a weakness. Maybe it's not a strength, but it's definitely not a weakness. So when you lump the defensive line together as a whole, I think that's a fair ranking I would be lower on them I would have them down below running back and maybe I don't know maybe maybe not lower than that but I don't know anything about Adise Isaac like I'm I'm sorry I know James Franklin is very excited about what he can do as a pass rusher 
I didn't see a lot. He's obviously still working back from his injury. He was not full, full goal, I don't think, in the blue-white game. Um, but he he was a non-factor uh, against the offense from what I saw. He's 245 pounds as a defensive end. And I'm not necessarily always concerned with size until I am. And in this situation, a guy that's classically small and has had a hard time, again, to James Franklin and a quote from James Franklin, has had a hard time keeping weight on his body. If that's your number one pass rusher, I think there's a huge concern. And if we're, we're taking into account and we'll... We'll pick and choose here, right? We're not counting the offensive linemen because they're not here yet, but we are going to count Deny Dennis Sutton, but he's not here. Right. It feels a little better, but I still think that the pass rushing is a huge problem. Damian Robinson coming onto the uh, the team really does fix a lot of that, does help with that. But there's a lot of wild cards at that defensive end position, and I'm not expecting anything from B.J. Mustafer this year, I just at all. Like, I, you know, I know... Really? No, no, because you can come back from uh, a knee injury in nine months. As a defensive tackle, historically, watching, and this is anecdotally, you know, because, you know, I haven't studied the science of knee rehabilitation to get all the data. In, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about guys I've watched come back from a knee injury. They play at nine months, but they're not any good. By a year, you're getting back to where you trust the knee again. You've rehabbed. You maybe have had an opportunity to build a little bit of strength back. But you're not the same guy you were before you were injured. That takes another offseason of, of conditioning, strength training, getting the muscle to... Uh, because during this time, you're rehabbing. You're reteaching the muscles how to work. So there's a certain amount of atrophy. There's a certain amount of your, your muscles are getting smaller because you can't push them. I just don't know how, as, an, as a nose tackle, you come back better or come back the same in that environment, even if you're ahead of schedule. So, you know, I, I, I don't count P.J. Mustfer in any of these conversations, but I still think there's enough depth there that they're going to be okay. So, I, I mean, and that's with some of the guys that played last year playing better this year. That's why I think I'm a little lower on the D-line than a lot of people because I'm not counting the guys I haven't seen do anything yet. There. See, yeah, that's, that's I, I'm fair. pessimistic. I, <laughs> thank you, T. Frank. I'm the optimistic one. Everyone be nice to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think those are fair points. I think that even like a slightly um, inhibited PJ Mustafer is still an asset for you. Mm -hmm. um, if PJ Mustafer is 80%, that's still a good football player. Yes. Um, so, you know, uh, that is a variable. Um, but as you said, I do think that there's enough around him while wow. right like they just have so many options that like if this guy doesn't work okay this guy this guy doesn't work okay this guy there's so many shots at it at this position i think for them yeah that they're gonna be okay yeah and the the guys that they have are pretty looked pretty special you know hakeem beeman mm -hmm. zane durant uh, i even thought because uh, i izzard looked pretty good I, you know, he was doing some things that he did not do last year that I was pretty impressed with. Kind of the things you saw in his profile when it went in, in terms of quickness, using his hands, having enough size and enough violence to get through some blocks. He was doing that in the game, um, in the blue-white game when it was the, the live portion. So here we are. We're going to recap. We have number nine offensive line, number eight linebackers, seven is quarterback, six is running back, uh, five is defensive line. Now we're into the top four 
and we're going to move on with a position that I think a lot of people are going to roll their eyes about, but it is what, Dave? It is tight end, T. Frank. Oh, I'm the... going to bat for Penn State's tight ends. Um, I have a fun fact for you, T. Frank, and I don't think this is getting uh, I don't think this is getting enough play. Okay. Um, my fun fact is that Penn State had two of the highest three of, of, of the three best run blocking grades among Big Ten tight ends last year. Um, in that it was Tyler Warren and Brenton Strange. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think anybody's talking about that. To be honest, um, I think this is a group that does that well. I don't really think they ask um, Theo Johnson to do that that much. Uh, yeah. But and and his his run blocking grade, to be clear, is not very good. Was again, very bad. Really his, yes. Yeah, yes. Not good. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think I think this is a group that has been graded on a curve because Penn State fans are used to having absolute mega stars at this position, and one of them. Um, Yes, one of them. When you compile all of their receiving production, it's really not that bad. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but would have ranked um, third on the team behind Parker Washington in terms of receptions and things like that. Okay, sure. So, yeah, I think this is a, a, a good group. I think this is a deep group. Um, I think this is a group where you still have upside. Where you know, would either of us really be that surprised if Theo Johnson or Brenton Strange became that guy? I wouldn't. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, and then you have a couple promising youngsters too. So I think that this is a, I think this is a very solid position group for Penn State. I really, really do. And I know Penn State fans might not agree, but that's uh, that's that's firmly where I stand on this one. By the way, there's a reason I use Tyler Warren for our introduction because what we've heard and what we've seen of him setting records in in the weight room for defensive for to, for tight ends for Penn State football this offseason he was strong before, and you mentioned he was coming on as a uh, as a run blocker. I talked to him after the blue white game, and that was something he was you know it was like learning from Brenton Strange, watching him block, learning how to do those things. He he said like I thought I knew coming in how to block you know as a quarterback, and I did not know how to block. So his size and his physicality, like because he is the most physical of the three, uh, mm-hmm. despite the fact that that Brenton Strange, as you mentioned, is a really good blocking tight end. They need to have one guy step up as the receiver because I thought it was going to be Bretton Strange. He did not show the explosiveness and the ability to break tackles, as we've talked about pretty consistently throughout last season. Has that changed? Is Theo Johnson a more complete player this year? However that works out, there's three of them, and they each have pretty good skills, so I agree where this is, but it feels high in the rankings for a unit that sometimes disappears for several games at a time, which is what happened in the middle of the season. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's true. Um, It it was not the most consistent of unit, but I just think top to bottom, the personnel is solid. Um, So, you know, I, 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 I'm high on them this year. Another position group that you're high on comes in at number three. Now in the top three, where are we going next? Dave, we're going to wide receiver, T. Frank. I think Penn State has two very, very good options at wide receiver, and the guy you're seeing there in Parker Washington and Western Kentucky uh, transfer Mitchell Tinsley, um, who you know, uh, I mean, he the, the guy was eighth in receiving yards in college football last year. <laughs> so, <laughs> anytime you add that, I think you've done well for yourself. Um, 
you know. So I think I think the top two guys for them are are really why I've got them here. Um, I think they've got good athletes elsewhere, right? We've seen flashes from Keandre Lambert Smith. He needs to be more consistent. Uh, they love Malik Mega's big play potential. Yeah, they're bringing in some exciting freshmen here, notably Caden Saunders. So I just think. Um, you know, looking at what you, we think we're good, they're going to get from the top, and then some of the breakout options they have kind of down below. I, I really like the look of this of this room. Yeah, this is a position group that James Franklin mentioned they might have too deep for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. that can contribute. Um, Parker Washington is an interesting one because is he the guy? That can get open deep because I know he did it in the bowl game when he was asked to. But it's not like Arkansas was the best team in college football, and it's not like Arkansas was at full strength either. So that's kind of my question about that group is, is there a deep play threat? I think Mitchell Tinsley has the ability to get open deep and to do those things. It just becomes, um, you know, do they have that big play threat that is consistent throughout games, or is it going to be one, is it going to be a multitude of guys? Because Keandre Lambert-Smith that looked improved in the blue-white game for whatever that's worth. So either way, I, I don't think there's a lot of argument that this is one of the best positions on the roster and, and possibly one of the deepest. Uh, it's just, how is it going to shake out? That's really the question is, who is it going to be? Where is it going to come from? Let's move on to number two. And this, okay. Dave, is where you had your only change from before the spring. So you're coming in with all the answers. And you're just adjusting some of your questions at the end of the test. What's number two? Number two, T. Frank, is cornerback. Um, You know, I think this is an excellent position. Um, My moving them had more to do with the other position than it did with corner. Uh, But look, you just, Penn State just has so much depth here, right? Um, Joey Porter Jr., I know... You know, we like to get on him about the pass interference penalties last year. Joey Porter Jr. is an excellent corner. Um, he's a guy, if you're if you're paying attention to, like, the early 2023 mock drafts, um, he's a guy going in, in the first round in a lot of them. Um, so you've got to respect him. Um, right, Daquan Hardy is an excellent slot corner. Um, beyond that, right, Kalen King, we're all really high on Kalen King. Johnny Dixon was a starter in the SEC for a year and got yeah. – you know, kind of just got to come here and, and, and play a little bit last year, not a ton. Yeah. Um, I just really like the options. All right. I mean, uh, obviously, Tariq Castro Fields, um, you know, was, was a good enough player for them last year, but I think they have more than enough firepower here to replace them. I think this is going to be a real asset for Manny Diaz. Let's get into safety and then we'll recap because obviously the, the only position left we have not talked about is the position you put at number one. So, Tell us why safety comes in at number one and leapfrogs corner. Yeah. Um, well, that guy right there has a lot to do with it, right? That's Jair Brown. Um, anytime that you've got uh, a guy who tied for the nation's lead in interceptions, um, you know, you've got to respect him, right? So that's that's important. He's going to be huge. But really, what made me change this was what I heard about the depth guys here. Right. You, I mean, everyone has just raved about how much depth there is and, and, and not only how much depth there is, but how those guys are making like big explosive plays in practice. Right. Zaki Wheatley 
was their was their uh, turnover king. Yep. So, you know, I think they've they've just got what they need here for this to be an excellent position. Um, I know Jaquan Brisker is a huge miss, um, but I just think they've got really good options um, to re- to replace him. I mean, Keaton Ellis is a guy who's played a lot of football, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they got Jalen Reed involved last year. Uh, Zaki Wheatley, um, you know, hasn't played a ton, but we're hearing great things about what he's done in practice. And then they've got a ton of really talented freshmen coming in as well. Yeah. Um, Yep. So I just think this room is stacked, T. Frank. Um, this is this is this is my favorite room um, heading into the season for Penn State. Yeah, you make a great point that Tyrese Mills coming in from Lackawanna Community College has a lot yep. of the same skills of uh, of players that have come from Lackawanna, from Brisker and Tig Brown, as far as ball production, being able to play at multiple levels of the defense, might even fit in in that uh, in that safety striker position at the uh, Sam former Sam linebacker position. So they've got a lot of players that can do a lot of different things. I, I agree with you. Uh, when we're talking about the depth of the receiver position or the depth of the corner position or even the depth of the defensive line, you feel like you have starters and you feel like you have enough options at those positions. Mm-hmm. You, you nailed it. It's the quality of the depth here where you could make an argument that Jalen Reed was one of the best freshmen um, on the team last year and, and was, you know, a contributor by the end where he had his own package on the defense. Then you add in Zaki Wheatley, who was is a former corner and I, I thought looked exceptional in single coverage, you know, in the blue-white game. All those guys, and this is, the, this is something I've been studying and looking at and, and kind of mulling over in my brain of maybe I'm going to stop calling them all safeties and just they're all slot corners in Manny Diaz's defense because they all have to play in single coverage. They walk out over the slot quite a bit. So the versatility of that group is important as well. And with so many former corners at that safety position, they have the flexibility to do a bunch of different things. And it's super fascinating that you look at Penn State and where they were four years ago, let's say. Um, And they had some good players in the secondary. But right now, the strength of this team is at corner and safety. And they lost two critical starters from last season. And they might be deeper and better. And I think that's a good thing for the defense. Because that's going to give you a lot of stability in your team. As long as you have enough pass rush to not hang them out to dry. So I I think you're right with safety being number one. Yeah. um, You know. It's it's it gives you a great platform defensively, right? And and for an aggressive defensive coordinator like Manny Diaz, I'm yeah. interested to see what he does with that platform. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I really like the secondary in general. The safeties just barely edge it for me. So we'll power rank our Penn State positions coming out of spring football for you one last time. Number nine, offensive line. Number eight, linebacker. Number seven is the quarterback. Number six, running back. Five, defensive line. Four tight end, three is wide receiver, two cornerback, number one safety. Which positions do you think have the most mobility going forward? If you're thinking about, nah, I'll move this team, this this unit up, or I'll maybe move this unit down, where are you looking for that movement? Um, if we're talking about upward movement, um, you know, I guess the offensive line has to be one, probably. Um, Can't go down, I so think, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think I think. Uh, running backs are another one just because of Nick Singleton and Katron Allen's potential. Um, you know, linebackers as well. We talked about that. I'm um, thinking about moving down though. 
that's interesting. I think defensive line could be one. Yeah. Um, if if your prediction with with PJ Mustafer comes true there, um, you know maybe maybe wide receiver if they don't get that like talismanic performance from either Parker Washington or Mitchell Tinsley. I think that you know I I'm pretty confident they'll get that. But if they don't, I think that unit could be in trouble. Yeah. Um, those are really the ones that I would tout, though, to you, Frank. I don't, I don't feel stu- super strongly about, about any of the other ones. All right. Well, that'll do it today as we uh, look forward to the summer. We'll keep you up to date on uh, the transfer portal if anything happens there, if there can be anything that happens there. Uh, all that stuff at bluewhiteillustrated.com, where you can sign up for just $1 and get uh, uh, 12 months of access. Sorry, I'm reading a what is breaking news as we're recording that Penn State and Syracuse have announced a home-and-home series for 27 and 28. So mark it on your calendars if you're still around in 27 and 28. I thought we were done with that. <laughs> we were done with scheduling things forever in advance. Anyway, we'll talk about that later here on the BWI Daily Edition. Coming up tomorrow, we have the mailbag segment with Nate Bauer. So make sure you're checking out at Thomas Frank Carr on Twitter or the premium message form the lion's den later today on wednesday to get your question in i'm your host thomas frank carr we'll talk to you then hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.